So 1 John chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 4, the Bible says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and that is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? The witness can, uh, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not, on, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Let us pray, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the water, that the blood, the salvation that's given by your Son, Jesus. We thank you for the Spirit. We thank you that the Spirit works and moves in our lives. We thank you, God, for you as our Father, your Son, Jesus, in perfection upon this earth, and that Holy Ghost to work in our lives. We love you and thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. So we've considered a few things in this study from 1 John chapter 5. We've considered our, the foundations of our faith. We've considered overcoming the things of this world. And we know that it's reiterated in verse number 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh this, the world, and that is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. But I want to preach to you today about the thought on my mind this week. He is our victory. He is our victory. We know that we've overcome when we are part of his family, when we are regenerated, when we're saved, when we're brought into his fold. We know that we're overcomers through Christ. But this drills down even more in verse number 6, and it says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. So I want to look at the testimonies of a few different things in these scriptures as we study today and consider how he is our victory. And thinking about Jesus, and first, he's testified of by water and blood, as it says. Now, considering the water, we know that as he was baptized, I, I imagine the baptism of Jesus, I imagine the being the one to baptize him and, and thinking of that, I, I know I'm not worthy. Consider what that felt like in, in that day to see the Savior of the world baptized. And I, I know some didn't realize it. I know some didn't uh, probably understand the full scope of what was going on. But imagining Jesus being baptized, that was a, that was a, that's amazing in my mind. But there's a sense of cleansing that goes on, that the water is a picture of cleansing. It is a, 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 a clear presentation of our sins being washed away. But also it's a, it's a thought of a natural birth. It's a thought of being born into the world in a natural sense, in a natural way. So concerning Jesus, he was born of water. And we know that he was born naturally. We know that he walked upon the earth naturally. And we need to, to get to grips and realize that that was the truth. It's easy. Things that happened 2,000 years ago. Things that went on days and days and days gone by. They don't feel as real to me. As, as something that happened last week. I'll just be honest with you. We read the story about Job this morning, and you consider all that ever happened in his life. 
and you think about all the tragedy that went on, and I'll be honest with you, unless I'm in a spiritual mode, unless I'm pray, prayed up, unless I'm in a spiritual nature, I it just doesn't really affect me in a real way. It just doesn't get to me to the point where I feel like it, you know, he did lose all that. He did lose that family. That house did fall in. So to think about Jesus coming, to think about Jesus being born, to be laid in a manger, to, be, uh, to, to grow up, to, to be challenging the scholars and all the brilliant minds of the day, to be walking upon this earth and healing people and dying on the cross. Sometimes it doesn't just feel as real as something uh, that I feel today does. But I will tell you, when I do get in that spiritual nature, when I get in that spiritual mode, when I begin to study and pray and realize about Jesus, I realize that he is our victory. And I consider him and I consider uh, what this scripture is talking about, that we're not just born, uh, not just naturally. If you're going to get in on the other side, it's not just a natural birth that happens. There's a supernatural. There is a spiritual regeneration that's got to take place in our lives. And he is the key to that. He is the reason that that can change. He is the reason that we get into heaven. It is not just by, uh, by water, but it's also by blood. There is sacrifice that has to be made. That blood has to be applied. And people don't like to hear that today. You get talking about the blood and people get scared. I tell you, you get out in the world and you'll find that there's a lot of people that what run them out of church was because this stuff sounds ritualistic to them. It sounds odd to them. They don't like the way it sounds. But when you consider what hell really is, when you consider the fires of hell below and what that eternally means, I tell you what, I'll take a little blood. I'll take a little water. I'll take a little cleansing. It might feel odd in 2020, but I want to feel the way that the, the world did in, in 2,000 years ago when Jesus got up and he walked out of the grave. He is our victory. I'll take whatever, it, I'll, I'll take whatever he brings, whatever it may be that I have to do. It's going to feel odd to my flesh, no matter what it may be, because my flesh doesn't want a part in it. It doesn't want a part of the cleansing. It doesn't want a part of the blood. It doesn't want a part of the re regeneration. But if I'm going to claim victory, if I'm going to stand on top of Mount Calvary and say, this is where my Savior died, and that, that grave is where he walked out of, if I'm going to wear the cross around my neck, if I'm going to uh, carry the Bible, if I'm going to do the things that Christians do, I want to know that in my heart that I'm willing to do and follow along with whatever it may be that he asks of me. He is the victory. Amen. He's the victory and he deserves our recognition. He deserves our praise. He deserves us to follow him. He's testified by water and blood. The Bible says in verse, in John 3, 5, it says, uh, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We know that it's not just in, in the world. We think about baptism. People have taken those scriptures and, and, and they'll, they'll baptize uh, their children and they'll say, well, you're all right. We could, we could sprinkle Riley right now. We could baptize him right now in a little tub at home and tell him for the rest of his life that he's all right. Tell him that he's going to go to heaven and tell him everything's okay. But that is misguiding and misleading that little boy. And one day he would die. If, if he falls under that, and I, I misguide him that way, he may die and go to hell and the blood be on my hands. I want him to know that it's not just the water that cleanses, but it's also the blood. And that spirit comes in and it changes your life. And it's not when you're a year old. It's not when you're 50 years old. But it is when, whenever Jesus comes to you and he knocks on that door and he asks to come in. And you realize, I want the victory. I want to be an overcomer through him. And you allow him in. It's not just 
this ritualistic thing. It's not just the baptism. It's not just that. There are people that have been dunked in creeks. There have been people that have been dunked in baptistries, and they ain't going to heaven. They don't have it in their life. They don't have it in their heart. We can't just look at that. We've got to realize that there, these things have to come together, that we, we want to show people that we are cleansed. We want to show people that we are regenerated by Jesus, but I want God to move in. I want him to tr that blood to truly be applied to my heart, to my soul. That by the scripture says he is uh, here in his love, not, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That blood that was shed, it wasn't for just any old reason. It was for regeneration. It was for salvation. These things come together. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We want to be cleansed. I want to get this sin out of our, out of our life. But that's why that spirit's there. To knock on your heart's door. To try to move in. To try to change you. To try to save you. To try to regenerate you. This water. He's our victory. In the fact that we're. It's also a picture of the word. We consider that. That word. This word is a cleansing. I mean you want to talk about a bar of soap. Cleansing. Cleaning you up. This is a thing that will clean you spick and span. I remember going over to Papaw's house. When I was a little kid. And I tell you what, I'd get mad because we'd get in there in the, in the bath and he'd want to make sure, he now make sure you wash behind your ears. And I didn't, you know, I got away with that at home. Mom and dad, they, they just, as long as we were washed, we were good. But Papa made sure you washed behind your ears. And every once in a while, he'd come in there and make sure. And you'd get out and you'd feel like you had raw hide behind your ears. But I'm talking about this word will clean you up behind your ears. Everywhere that you're dirty, everywhere that's unclean on the inside. This is the, this is the way that will cleanse us. This is the water by which seeks out the sin in our lives. That cleans the mess up. That gets the mess out. That gets rid of diseases. It gets rid of ungodliness. It gets rid of sin. It can seek those things out. Not only by this water, but by the spirit together. God God can take this black and white and this red and white and these maps and these concordance and this dictionary that's in the, in the, bound in this leather and he can take this with the spirit and he'll find you out. He'll find your sin. He'll call it out to you. He'll put it out in front of you. He wants you to change it. It's important that those things work together. We are cleansed by that. And he says in John 17, 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And we know that his word is truth. It is the purest thing you'll ever find. Have you ever studied how they make gold? Have you ever studied that? Take a nasty rock and they heat it down and melt it down and melt it down and melt it down and melt it down. And it takes forever to turn into gold. And it's just, I mean, it is a huge process for it to get pure to the point where you can go sell it. Then you don't get a lot out of it. You get just a little bit. But you think about this word, it is solid truth from the beginning. It doesn't have to be melted down. It doesn't have to be mined down. It doesn't have to be cut down. It is just simply, clearly, purely truth from the beginning. And it sanctifies and it changes and it cleanses. And we're baptized by this word. We are cleansed by this word. And it will get you, you're driving down the road and your Bible's at home collecting dust. And God brings a scripture up in your mind. And it convicts you to the point you got to pull over because you got to get right with God or else you think you're going to die before you get where you're going. That's okay. That I want that in my life. There's a lot of people out there, they don't have enough 
faith or they don't have salvation to begin with. They don't have that. I, I don't understand how people get through this life walking that way. But this, this water, this word, it is pure, it's true, and it will sanctify and clean me up. He is our victory. He is the word. He will cleanse you and he will cleanse me if I will allow him. But then we consider, it says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. When we consider Jesus, we must consider his blood shed, the blood he shed. That's vitally important. This word is a guideline. It is a clear testimony to the way we should walk our lives. It's truth. It's a, it's a way, uh, as I've heard people, a road map. But there's only one road. <laughs> it's a road map with one road. <laughs> but that blood, that blood is very vitally important. Without that blood, as I read that scripture back in 1 John 4, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. He loved us enough to shed innocent blood, to give innocent blood. Jesus really walked upon this earth. Jesus really carried that cross up Golgotha's hill till the point where he couldn't anymore. A man named Simon, I believe it was, had to carry it the rest of the way or help him. He gets to the top of the hill and he really was nailed to that cross. He really died. But he really got up. He really walked out of the grave. That's the only bones of any leader, any religious leader, any God, big, any 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 person anybody follows. That's the only bones you won't find on the earth anymore. Say, well, the bones have withered away. They become the dust. His bones are not dust today. He's still alive and well. But it's that blood that's able to regenerate. It's that blood that's able to save. It's that blood that gives the water, the word, the power to be able to change you and change me. It's that blood. His blood is pure. We read about Job and we know that it says he was a perfect man, but he was yet still, he was still sinless, but he was righteous. We know that in his trials, he sinned not though. We know that in, in, in those things, as the Bible says, as he, as he went through those difficulties, he didn't sin and didn't curse God, but he was still a sinless man. I'm not going to, don't get confused there. But Jesus, he is in all forms, in all greatest explanations, perfect. As in, he did not ever sin. He was tempted in all ways. You were tempted. He's been tempted in every way. I've been tempted. And he resisted them all. Not only was he, his blood, though, gives it, gets its power from his perfection, but it also gets his power from the, fact, the sheer fact that he was God-made man. He wasn't the product of two human beings. He was the product of... Of a, of a virgin. Now, don't let you anybody today try to tell you that's not the case. I, I think that science can explain certain things, but there are some things it won't go to explain. It can't tell you how a virgin gives birth to a baby. That's a spiritual thing. And, and like I said, don't get me wrong. Science has its place, but that's something that's just of a spiritual nature that's, that people have a hard time believing. And, and so you consider the virgin birth, that's how that blood gets its power. That Holy Ghost, he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. How else can he be our victory unless his blood is purer than ours? I was born of two human beings. 
Naturally, I'm sinful. Y'all were born of two human beings. Naturally, you're sinful. But blood that is a product of the Holy Ghost, there's something in there that has the power to do more than either any of us can ever achieve. He can be our victory because of the purity of his blood. Considering the water and the blood, but considering the broken heart of Jesus at the cross, he is our victory because of his broken heart. John 19, 33-35 says, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. They're, they are evidently and clearly perfecting and fulfilling prophecy right there. But one of his soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true that ye might believe. Now, I was doing a little bit of scientific studying this week. And when you find someone that has been in great agony and great pain for a long period of time, there is a sack around the heart, and it has a clear substance. And eventually, after long periods of time of great pain and agony, that sack busts and explodes into the body. So clearly, when Jesus had gotten to this point, they came to him and he was dead. And his heart had gotten to the point where it had beaten for you and me so long, so hard, during that great pain that his heart was broken. When he was stabbed in his side, blood and water appears out. That is clear picture of regeneration and salvation for you and me. Isn't that amazing thing that that can happen? John records that in his gospel as he saw that and to witness that and to consider that. That we're not just born by blood, we're not just born by water, but we're born by blood and water. And it's his blood and water that we're born by. It is that sacrifice made. I can't consider what that scene looked like that day. Such a, I'm telling you, there's, there's things in this world you just ought not see, don't want to see things that happen you see and, and won't come out of your mind. But that day, that was greater than what any man can comprehend. Oh, Job, he looked pretty bad. We was reading about Job. He looked pretty rough. But this was, his picture wasn't even close to the picture of the Lord Jesus. He was beaten to the point he didn't even look like a human being. Just a lump of flesh. Oh, my goodness. He did that for you and me. And that blood and water that poured out of his side. As I think about that Roman soldier, and I'm not trying to, to get dig too deep into this, but I think about that Roman soldier. He walked on this earth too. And he pierced that side and salvation poured from the side of the Lord Jesus. Wow, how powerful that is. And if Jesus hadn't got up and walked out of the grave, it wouldn't have meant a thing. But he did. He's our victory. And it goes on and it says in verse number 6, And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. I'm going to tell you something about God. God's got a lot of truth going on. He, God is truth. Jesus is truth. The Spirit is truth. And his word is truth. The Spirit is what bears witness and bears record of the fact that Jesus died and got up and walked out of the grave. I was listening to something yesterday, and this will not be perfect. Pastor Tyler Galden was preaching. I was listening to one of his messages, and, and he was preaching about this man that was a, he was a, he was a lawyer or something along those lines, and his wife got saved, and he was trying to prove God wrong, wrote a book about why you know, God wasn't real or true, ended up getting saved in his studies, trying to prove God wrong. What an amazing thing that is. 
But they were talking specifically about the 500 witnesses that witnessed Jesus after he had come from the grave. And the man said, and this is just in, in layman's terms here, but he said, what would you call one? And this was the lost man uh, talking to a psychologist. And he said, what would you call one person hallucinating about an event? And he, would call, he, would, he said, I would call that, you know, um, imaginations or hallucinations. He said, well, what would you call two people witnessing an event of, of the same sort, seeing the same thing, hallucinating about the same thing? He said, well, that, I would call that hysteria. Three people, I would call that mass hysteria. I would call four people mass hysteria, 500 people mass hysteria. And he said, what would you call 500 people saying, seeing the same exact person, believing that they saw the same exact thing? He said, I would call that absolute truth is what that doctor said to him. And that is absolute truth to see Jesus with those 500 people that witnessed him. There's no doubting that. There's no disclaiming against that. There were probably a lot of poor people out there. There were probably a lot of people that weren't well educated. Seems to me that's who Jesus spent most of his time with. But I know when they looked at the Lamb of God walking again on this earth, they knew and felt that that was really him. 500 people seeing the same thing, that's not mass hysteria. That is truth. That is real. That is confirmed. That is forevermore. That is until eternity comes to uh, its never-ending day. That is forever. And as it says, and it is the Spirit that, bear, that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. I wasn't part of that 500. I wasn't Standing at the, the, you know, I wasn't standing there and at the, 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 the burial ground of Christ. I wasn't standing there and wondering where he was at. I wasn't there at the cross when I watched him die. I didn't watch him ascend into heaven. But being regenerated by blood and water, having the Spirit draw me to him, being saved by him, I've been getting, given victory to where I might as well be part of the 500. I've seen him. I've felt him. I've heard him. He has moved into my heart and into my life. He's the victory. Is the water, the blood, and his broken heart. That's the victory. It's testified by the water and the blood. But then he's testified of by the Trinity. It goes on in verse 7. It says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. You got to have a little faith to believe that. Because that's, that's a hard thing to believe. I'll tell you what. Papa is my grandpa. I mean, he's my, he's my papa. He's my blood. But me and my papa and my mom, that's the same bloodline. But we're, we're very different people. We look at things very differently. Now that we have mannerisms that are the same. We may do things the same. We may have same things that we say or do, but we're different people. But in truth and perfection, the Trinity is perfect. It's all the same. They're all three one. You just have to have faith to believe it. I can't say much more than that. But they're all perfect. They're all true. And they all testify that Jesus is the remission of our sins. He is the propitiation of our sins. He came, he died, he shed his blood, and he is the word. He will cleanse us, he will redeem us, and he is the victory that helps us overcome this world. He's the victory. He's testified of by that trinity. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. There are six witnesses of a heavenly nature, 
or there are three, excuse me, there are three witnesses of a heavenly nature and there are three witnesses of an earthly nature and they all agree that Christ is true. And that same message, I, I, I don't know why I'm stealing from it, but I'm going to, it's truth, it's good. That same message I was listening to yesterday, it takes one person to convict somebody to go to prison. It takes one eyewitness to be able to convict somebody to go to prison. But here you've got three witnesses of a heavenly nature and three witnesses of the earth that say that Christ is true. He is the victory. What he did happen, he really walked upon the earth. He really died. He really got up from the grave. And that's all we need. He is our victory. That's all I got today. He is the victory. He is truth. His blood is powerful beyond what we can imagine. And I'd like for just a moment to consider in our own lives, as I was studying this and thinking, Lord, I need.